in motion is Sewell. Goff to throw. Wants to throw it to Sewell. Oh, he caught it. Boy, yes. Sewell on first down. Oh, yes. the big man dives down to the 31-yard line. Oh, that is beautiful. Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft, and I am very excited this week. This is a guy that I've wanted to have on here now for a few weeks, Derek Barnes, third-year linebacker. Um, and and first off, I want to start with this, the under-the-helmet you did last year mm-hmm. and, and the job that you've done kind of paying it forward to the Boys and Girls Club. If you guys have not seen it, you have to go and see that one. It, it was one for of the sure. best ones we've done. <laughs> Kudos for you for doing that. That's uh, been such a big it. part of your life, isn't yes. it? Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, it was a. Um, I know when we filmed it, you know, I didn't really expect it to turn out the way that it did. I knew the story, like I knew, uh, really, like I know my story, and I know yeah. like how much you know I can express it, and how like I, it can really touch people because it, it is all and it's all the truth. So, and I knew I didn't like when they did it, and I seen, I was like, this is crazy. Those this kids is, were um, turned into stars, yeah, no, man. Really though, <laughs> it was unbelievable, and I was like, they did a you know kudos to. You know the the film production people. They did an amazing job with that, and it turned out good. And it was like perfect timing, you know, because I was also doing some some charity work at the time. They were like, "This would be a perfect time to come in." Yeah. So yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was one of my favorite. But I've wanted to have you on also because ever since camp started, you kind of been hearing some things like, "Wait till you see Derek Barnes," or "Man, Derek made that big leap." Like, wait and see this and like Derek Barnes is coming on like and then you saw it and you were right there next to Alex to start and just the way you're diagnosing plays and and getting in the hole and making plays what did you do this offseason to kind of we should start with this too you played one year of stacked linebacker I mean you were a guy that was on the edge in college see quarterback destroy quarterback it's a lot different taking a step back in the NFL and playing that stacked linebacker role you've done it your first two years but it just seems Derek and maybe I'm wrong from the outside looking in but that the game has slowed down a lot for you this season is that accurate and and what was it about this offseason what kind of came together for you to allow you to be playing the type of football that you're playing right now I would say honestly, um, mindset wise, like my whole mindset changed. Now I kind of felt like at a, at a little bit of point in my at the beginning of my NFL career, I kind of felt a point where I was kind of losing myself, losing. You know, I wouldn't say the love for the game. I would always love the game, just like lose the confidence. I was losing my confidence level. I was always, you know, on edge, always afraid to make mistakes, always like, and that just comes from the competitive nature that I have and yeah. just wanting to be the best. So um, and. And there's no, I had a lot of stuff to lean on. So just this upcoming year, you know, right after my second year, I was like, I had enough. I had enough of, you know, playing slow. No, not, not, you know, not being a player that I know I could be and because of confidence. And I told myself that my third year, I will make a change. And however things ended up, whether I start, whether I rotate, whether I'm on a specialty, I don't care. But I will let for sure prove to myself that yeah. how good I can be and how I can develop and how fast I can read things. And so it was just really a mindset thing for me. Uh, obviously I put the work in, had an amazing trainer, Yo Murphy down in Tampa, actually trained with Alex in the off season. And, you know, he just got me very explosive and, and just the mind thing, you know, I studied, I studied more than you should in the off season. And, 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 you know, I was just like, when I go back, I'm going to be prepared. And really it was just like, 
you know, and I kind of, at the beginning, like it was a lot of pressure. You know, you get a, a 18 overall pick, which is, he's a great player. Jack yeah. is a, is a young, great player. He's smart. He, he loves the ball. Like he is, you know, it wasn't the, it's not the easiest thing to go out and compete with a guy like him. Um, so, but, but I told myself, you know, and also a faith played a big part in that with me. Um, I kind of, you know, lost sight of what God had planned for me. So I kind of just got back on track with that. And also just, you know, you can't worry about, you know, the future or the past. You have to worry about the now. So mm-hmm. each and every day, that's what I try to do. What can I do today to get better? You know, instead of like, oh, what's going to happen if I do this wrong? What's going to happen to me tomorrow? Am I going to start? So I just had to just change my whole mindset and just and just let it be. And it allowed me to play loose and confident. So Proactive instead of reactive. 100%. Kind of. And one of the things when we talk to Calvin Shepard, the, the linebackers coach here, is it's just your understanding of the defense and not just your role, but what everybody else around you does. Your ability to come in here and tell a defensive lineman, no, no, do this here, be here. Understanding where your help is, what how the whole defense comes together. And he thinks that's really allowed you to take a step forward, too. And just understanding your role and and how you fit and that you don't have to do too much. Just do your role. But in in understanding what how everything works around you, has that allowed you to play faster? Yeah, I think it's important, you know, like just going back to my first two years, like when I was just, you know, I remember Coach De Leon was here and he told me at a point in time where, you have to know your job before you can know everybody else's. And, you know, Alex, a guy I look up to, a guy is like literally like my best friend. And um, and I just seen the way he can execute, the way he could know what's going on. He knows what the D-line, I mean, what the D-line is supposed to do, what the DBs are supposed to do, what position. And I was like, I need to get to that point yeah. in, in order to elevate my game. And I just like even when in the meetings, like coaches, coaches talking to the D line, the outside linebackers, I'm taking down these notes because part of the time, usually most of the time it helps you. Yeah. And you can understand where your help is and, and, and where you need to fit. So I think that's very important, especially playing Mike linebacker, because they could make a call that they forget. But I know that it's a call that's supposed to be yeah. you can make it for them. So it just, you know, as as an inside linebacker, it's just it's a lot, man. And it, it took me the crazy thing people don't know is I knew it would take me this long to get everything down. I knew it would take me. I knew it would take me a few years. I didn't want it to. I was hoping maybe it was, you know, after my first year. But I knew back in my mind that. And the crazy thing is, I was giving it all I had. And, yeah. But I knew who I am, and I knew about two to three years. It would, you know, mentally, it would take me a, a minute because it happened to me in college. I mean, Derek, it's a big jump to go from the college to the NFL. Anyways, yeah, now you're talking about going from your hand in the dirt, see quarterback, kill yeah. quarterback, to have to know everything and understand everything yeah. passing game run con- everything i mean that's that's difficult yeah. you know and so sure. you, I, the pressure that you have on yourself to obviously do that right away but i think that's a realistic approach to say hey it's going to take me maybe a couple years yeah. and now they're just watching it watching the way you communicate with the with the guys in front of you the guys in the back i mean you're playing fast you're making a ton of plays you got to be really excited about this year and you mentioned it too the team drafts jack number 18 but but i thought when we talked to calvin he it was great he said look in some places you draft a guy 18 he's starting that's just the way it is (laughs) it doesn't seem like with with calvin and Dan and his staff that that's the case they're going to play the best guys and we've seen that over the course of the three years that you've been there they don't care where you come from if you prove that you can play you're going to play you've got to love that part that you've been given the opportunity to compete for a starting job and honestly that's that's all I ever asked for was just the opportunity you know I talked to coach and you know it's true as soon as as I seen that pick I 
first thing I do is test Coach Shep and say, <laughs> told him, I was like, what, what's the plan? And, you know, he kept it straightforward. He was like, we, we drafted the overall, uh, 18 overall pick. He said, but you know how we roll? And, you know, the best guy is going to play. And and I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. So, obviously, it gave me a sense of urg- urgency to, you know, pick my game up. But, like I said, I can't I can't take anything away from Jack, man. I've, you know, him and Malcolm. Like, I haven't seen guys, rookies come in and, those two guys, the way they pick up the game, how physical they are, both of those guys can play. Malcolm and Jack, like those are are guys you want to be around. And obviously, you got the alpha, Enzo, who is just like just sharpens everybody. And and I knew it would be, I knew it would be yeah. a challenge. You know, I knew even with Malcolm, like I I was really like honestly, like all three of us were competing, and they still still are competing. Like even last season, it was like it's a week to week thing, and you have to you know continue to go and like. You know, Coach Shaw, I said the hot guy will continue to play, and you know, and so it's it's just been it's been a great opportunity, a great a great camp for all of us because you know iron sharp and iron, and you know I I've seen those guys do amazing things, and, and you know I'm I'm learning from everybody, no matter how young they are. So and Dan Campbell said he didn't like his linebacker room. He said he loves his linebacker room yeah. right now, and it just seems like with with Malcolm and Jack and even Germ coming back and and his ability to, to play the pass and special teams and everything else he provides, yes. it just seems like it's a room that's got a really diverse skill set that you can match a lot of what you're going to oh, see sure. offensively. Is that a good way to put it? I'll tell you one thing. All four or five of us are going to play. That's just how it is. When you have a group of guys that we have in our room, really all of us are starters. Yeah. Like everybody doesn't. There's no drop off. Like honestly, there's no from from Alex to to whoever from the fifth, sixth. There's no drop off. No, you know, and you got to and like you said, you got a guy like Jerm who has seen a lot of football in this league, who has played a lot of football in this mm-hmm. league, who you have seen made plays, big time plays. Yeah, stripping the ball, punching the ball loud, making tackles for loss. Like I've seen Jerm like my my rookie year when Alex got hurt and. And the half thing happened with Jamie Collins, like you've seen Jerm, you know, light it up. And, yeah. and and also to be able to go out and have, you know, 10 plus special teams talk is unreal. You can't find that. And just to go back, you got, you know, Malcolm, Jack, me, like just to have. Even Pitts, unbe- Pitts a guy yeah, even Pitts, that has and, been shown that like, he can no, step literally. in and play and, and be like, a special teams guy. It's, it's, it's literally everybody in Pittman. I love, I love Pittman. He <laughs> is like one of the hardest working people. I've ever met because like he is like his mentality is is crazy and me and Pitt talk we're locker room buddies like you know we we talk have a conversation before practice and you know I always tip him like man God is good man <laughs> and, and and like he is one of those guys like that you would love to always be around yeah. because no matter what Pitt can do it all he can play Sammy he can play Mike he can play Rush he can play Will like that is the guy you want on the team because anything happens he. Glue piece. He's ready to go. A glue piece. He's always roster, ready to go. Right. He trains. Guys. He trains and he mentally prepares like he's a starter. So you guys are competing for that Mike spot. Um, and Alex is back to the will. Is that that's a good fit for him? I talked to him and he yeah. said he loves that. That's kind of his yeah, natural his fit. I just can run around that. and play make. Yeah. You like having the green dot? And it, I got to ask you this because I, I had Jared on and Jared said we talked about you know just um, having the coach in your ear sometimes yeah. and stuff like that. You like having uh, a defensive coordinator just in your ear talking to you? There's pros and cons with that. I would say, Are you I would ever say like, like, okay, I would, okay, I got it. Not really. No. I mean, because AG is always giving, like, you know, we have TV time. They can still talk to us or whatever. And AG always get good advice. And it's good. You know, he 
you know, D-Barnes alert this, alert yeah. that. And and to be able to, you know, communicate that with the defense, like that's a really, that's a pro to have yeah. in the green dot. He, he can because talk he to can kind of like tell you what's going on and what he sees. All the sees way up to like and, 15 seconds, Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. So you kind of, you kind of get, you, you can get a little bit of intel. So that's a plus. So it's not thing, just the play yeah. call. It's people have to understand that they 100%. can hear him yes. until 15 seconds 100%. in the play clock. So For he's sure. talking to you. You like you like I having the green dot. I like, so I do. And then that's a pro. But a con I would say is like you're tired, <laughs> and you're the only person that can give the call. Yeah. Like and it's like, like you just you ran, just ran all the yeah. way down the field on a go ball. And then something happens, say you get a PBU or they don't throw it to your man or it's a flag and you have to run all the way back to get the call. And and to say the call, it's exhausting. So, you know, it's funny because me and Alex used to get into it a lot because when we played together, when we would be on the field together, it was like beginning my re- beginning of my NFL career. So I wasn't yeah. really talking. I was focused on what I had to do. <laughs> and he used to yell at me. It was like, you have to repeat the call because I'm only going to say. I was like, and then, but I understand it now. Yeah. Because... Now, when it's me and Malcolm out on the field, <laughs> and I'm and I'm trying to give, and you know, Malcolm just like me is like, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I know what I got going on. So, yeah. but Malcolm is better with that. Now he he talks a lot, man. He communicates, man. I, I love that guy, but I know how it feels to yeah. have a green dot. And this, you have also like, even though the other linebacker doesn't have it, it's like a he should know and and, and, and be able to communicate the call. But but yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind it. You know, I really I don't mind it. It's it's all right. I know you. Got I'll it. leave it to Alex. Though <laughs> I know, I know you got to run. Uh, you get you got some meetings and some stuff you got to do. But I just want to end with this. It it looks like the way the game has slowed down. That that Derek, you're having a lot of fun playing football in your yeah. third season. Maybe even more than you've had. Um, and I think when you're having fun playing football, like. It allows you. It allows maybe just everything to slow down, and you appreciate 100%. your role. You appreciate where this team, where this defense is headed. From the outside looking in, you always got a smile on your face. You're making plays, and it looks like you're having fun. I'll tell you one thing. I've definitely, you know, I never lost the lost my love for football, but I've definitely found that passion, that that urgency, that 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 just you know, the love for the, the game, like, and, and I love football, but now I love the game. I love preparing. I love getting better. I love the challenges and the adversity that comes with it. Like it's like, it not slowly, like it's here. Like I can feel it. And I feel like my first few years, I actually did lose that honestly. And, you know, just uh, the you know, it's pressure and it's, it's stressful and it's a lot going on. And, yeah. but now, you know, like, and it helps me just go out and have fun and be able to play fast and be able to not to overthink and just be able to, you know, you know, laugh and, and 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 celebrate with my teammates like it's I can feel it man and and all thanks to really you know my teammates my coaches because honestly without them it, I don't know where I would be as far as like that confidence level and and they give it all to me and and AG and Shep and Dan is just you know when you have those guys who appreciate you doing and 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 they take recognition of what I'm doing it's it's amazing it just helps me want to continue to get better so well it's been fun to watch your development in the third year it's been fun to watch this defense yeah. I mean this is a revamped defense you got some young guys that are coming into their own and, and you've got some new vets here and it's fun to watch and Casey's right around the corner you guys are sure going to be tested week one but it's been fun to watch right. you and watch the defense come together appreciate you taking the hey, time, no time. Thanks so i much, appreciate man. you thank you so much uh-huh.
Welcome back to the 20 Mill Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. That was a great chat with Derek Barnes there. Some good stuff from Derek. Great stuff, as always. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be fun to see how that kind of linebacker room develops. It's a pretty diverse unit and just kind of who starts, what guys do, different packages. I think Aaron Glenn can do a lot of different things with that linebacker room. That'll be interesting. A lot of different skill sets this year. Yeah. I think you're seeing Derek Barnes developing now in year three. We know what Malcolm can do. Jack Campbell brings a different sort of intensity, yeah. I think, to the room than in years past, and a lot of good special teamers in there as well. He is PJ Clark. I am Tim Twentyman, and it's an interesting time, Peach. It's you know the last, last one, the last preseason game, and then it's roster trim time, and it's a little different. There wasn't the the, the initial cut. It's now goes from ninety to an initial fifty three, and it's important to say initial fifty three because we always see movement on that roster. You got to remember that eight hundred plus players become available from the thirty one other teams. So you know there's going to be um, you know some jockeying there, and Brad Holmes and his staff is going to have an eye on uh, what's out there and what's available, and if he sees an opportunity to you know potentially upgrade at a certain position outside of the organization. He's certainly shown in the past he's willing to do that. So it's an initial 53, but it's an interesting time. And now it sets up a pretty important game for a lot of guys on this roster in in Carolina for this preseason finale. And to me, I I think it kind of starts right at the quarterback position. You know, we saw last week with Teddy Bridgewater and Nate Sudfeld. Not really their fault because of the offensive line play, but, you know, struggled to move the football with some consistency and some rhythm. And so you'd obviously like um, to see uh, more of that in Carolina. But to me, the question is, do you keep two quarterbacks on the initial 53 or do you keep three? And and I think it's doubly interesting because the Lions were the team that got the new rule approved. Right. That you can have three quarterbacks on the game day roster and the third one does not count towards your 46 game yeah. day count in case of an emergency where the, the, the first two drop out. And so, we saw that because of the San Francisco game last year where basically the second half they couldn't throw Christian the Christian McCaffrey was running the wildcat <laughs> for an entire half of the NFC Championship game. And they don't want to see that. No. And so nobody does. And so it's a good rule. But it was interesting that Dan Campbell said this week that 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 them uh, proposing the bylaw change would not affect their decision to keep two or three. It's really going to come down to look. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the number two. It's really going to come down to is Nate Sudfeld better than a cornerback, uh, uh, somebody who's in that final 50. Is Nate Sudfeld one of the best 53 players on this roster? That's what it's going to come down to. And to me, he's got to have a huge game in Carolina for for him to prove that. I also think the the interesting aspect of it is Teddy comes in so late. I mean, Teddy, Teddy's been around. He's in year 10 now. He's played in a lot of different systems. But he comes in so late. If Jared Goff needs a backup early in the season, is Teddy going to be ready for Thursday in Kansas City? Is Teddy going to be ready by week two? Are you 100% sure that Teddy knows the system and and can run it? Because we saw it at the end of the first half in the second preseason game. Teddy, they took him out for the two-minute drill because he just got here. They hadn't gone through the two-minute offense yet. So are you in a position that Teddy can step in and be ready if needed early in the season? three weeks. Now, he'll have good three weeks by the time Kansas City rolls around. Like you mentioned, a 10-year veteran. He's been in a lot of different systems. It's just the verbiage that he talked about as being a little bit different here that he's had to pick up. But there's nothing that a defense is going to throw at Teddy Bridgewater that that he has not seen. So you know what I'm saying? I, I think he'll be ready. Um, and I don't think they would even have to dumb down the playbook or anything like that. It's just to me, um, 
you know, if something happens to Jared and, and Teddy becomes your um, your starter, well, now who's your backup? Yeah. And, you know, Nate Sudfeld's been around a while. There could be some interest from some other teams. If you do um, cut Nate, is he not going to get picked up? Can you get him on your practice squad? I think that's decisions, you know, Brad and Dan are going to have to make too. Um, and, and it just really, to me, comes down to, to, to this game. I mean, I, I think Nate – I shouldn't say it comes down to this game, but this is the big lights are on, yeah. right? He's going to get an opportunity to play. He goes out there, you know, has a couple scoring drives, looks efficient. Then to me, I think that's big. And that says he could potentially be one of the top 53. And I think you go with three quarterbacks um, until you have to make a decision later in the year when Hendon Hooker becomes available. And then you're going to have to decide what to do as well. Yeah. And I think if you're seeing, you know, Teddy played most of the first half until mm-hmm. that last two minute drill, and then Nate got the second half, I would assume it's, Probably going to be pretty yeah, similar. I would think. And you're running with also, I mean, we're going to get to it in a couple of minutes, but wide receivers that are trying to make the roster too. So yeah. you are all kind of, Sudfeld at least, in, in this common ground, you yeah. got to go out there and, and make plays. Yeah. And they didn't last week. And I think that's got to be the big difference this week. Well, let's touch on the wide receivers because you mentioned it. Look, we know who the top four are. I'm on Ross A. Brown, Josh Reynolds, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., and Khalif Raymond. Uh, obviously, um, Jameson Williams is going to start the season on the suspended list. He's going to miss the first six games. So there's an opportunity there, Peach. Definitely. Are they going to keep five or six? We'll just kind of see how that roster goes. But there's definitely going to be five. And so is the fifth wide receiver on this roster right now? I think yes. You think yes? I do think yes. All right. I would not be surprised if Brad Holmes gets aggressive. Already did with Denzel Mims, who who got hurt. But And there are... We saw Trinity Benson a couple years ago. There are a lot of good wide receivers that might not end up on teams that are going to go through waivers. And it's not like the last two years where the Lions were picking high on waivers. We had the second claim last year, and you could pretty much get whoever you wanted you got to fall to 18 not great but you could see maybe another one of those you know the pick does not convey for Denzel Mims now you get that pick back do you go throw another conditional trade at somebody on on somebody else's bubble or is it Dylan Drummond is it Chase Coda. I, I said yes. Yeah. I, I is it Chase yes. Coda? Is, is it we talked about Trinity Benson? Um it, you know, Maurice Alexander um is is I, I it's a great opportunity Friday night for one of those guys. Yeah, I think probably the two that come to mind just that impress me the most through camp is is Chase and Dylan. I think those guys are pretty neck and neck. And I think one thing that you guys have to watch Friday night, and I think this will be very telling, is special teams reps. Yeah. That fifth wide receiver, whether it's in the return game or how many core special team stuff, how many special teams are Dylan is Dylan Drummond on? How many special teams is Chase Coda on? And will they see more of that as they try to find out, look, those fifth wide receivers, those bottom of the roster guys, if they're active on game day, they've got to be a big part of special teams. And so not only what they do offensively, and it's a big night for them, but keep an eye on what they do special teams, why who's used where and who's used more often. And that could be a telling factor to what the, the team thinks for that fifth wide receiver as well. And, and another guy, you, the guy you didn't even mention, Antoine Green, has been pretty good on yes. special teams as well. I always forget that, and I don't know why. And that's, even that's, when I write sometimes, I'm like, wait a minute, I got he's I He's here Antoine too, Green. and he's, he's, made, he's flashed in practice a he couple has. times, and he's been a, a core a special team. in their scrimmage on uh, Tuesday yeah. of this week, a nice diving, sliding kind of catch. Obviously, I mean, this 
scouting department saw enough to throw a draft pick at him. So yeah. you're you're he was back there returning kicks in the scrimmage as well. And Something he's gotten we some, haven't seen a some whole gunner lot reps. Yet. Those those are those are valuable spots when you're fighting for for a wide receiver five or even a wide receiver six. So yes. I think who it's going to be, I can't I think tell Brad you. Holmes would love it to be Antoine Green, right? Yeah. A guy they drafted, a guy that they've invested in, a guy with size, yeah. which the other guys don't have a whole ton of. Um, but it'll but be you mentioned Maurice Alexander, too, has had a, a bunch of good practices, even making contested catches over the middle. And obviously, the punt return touchdown, that gives you something. Mm-hmm. You don't need a punt returner with Khalif back there. Yeah. But you need a kick returner, and he's, he's proven that he can do that in the USFL. So I, I think, you know... There's there are options for wide receiver five. Hundred percent. All right, the offensive line. Let's shift there because obviously not a great week two for the reserves no. along the offensive line. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater and Nate Sudfeld were under constant pressure. I think what they averaged one point eight yard per carry, thirty five total yards, and uh, there just weren't holes. There wasn't great protection, and I think that was a little bit worrisome from my view to to watch that now look the the top five a top six really with graham glasgow and and i'd almost put you know uh, matt nelson in that group as seven but you can keep up to nine ten and look we asked dan campbell about the reserves along the offensive line and he didn't miss words when he was like look we're looking we're looking at every 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 team out there um obviously um unlike wide receiver there's not a lot There's of the offensive linemen. Usually, <laughs> usually not. Um, so obviously, you've got to you know knock on wood for health for those top five. It'll be fun to see the top five together for the first time. Yeah, how about one, that? hopefully, <laughs> haven't seen that in two years. Um, but look, injuries are going to happen. You're going to need guys to step up. We saw that last year with with some guys um, needing to play significant games. And can you trust right now eight and nine? I think that's going to be. Um, you know, the, the, the interesting part about this game, something I'll have a close eye on, is those backups, um, those you know, two spots, maybe three spots that are available. Does somebody step up and take that tonight? Yeah, well, I, I think the interesting thing for me, at least in this past week, has been Sorsdal has now been repping at right guard and left guard. Yeah. So I think you're seeing a little bit of versatility. Obviously, fifth round pick, it's not going to hit immediately, but... You're getting them acquainted with both sides in mm-hmm. in the worst case scenario, and then and then the OT three spot, Matt Nelson, Jermaine Effetti, Bobby Hart. These are all veterans that have been around the league for a long time. Right. So at least you know you'll have some starting experience there. Jermaine Effetti was a, a first round pick. I yeah, mean, there's there's options there, but then to me, I think the the real pivot spot is who is the the third interior guy. Yeah, because if Graham's got to go play guard, you need another center potentially. I think that is is really the the key spot for me right now. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on, certainly, uh, versus Carolina. The running back three spot, is it Craig's Reynolds' job? I kind of feel like it is just the way they've tried to use him in so many different ways. We saw in the scrimmage this week, he was kind of that guy. I thought he had a pretty good scrimmage. To me, he's that number three guy, but can anybody step in there and and take that spot from him? I think Jamar Jefferson is... is He's electric. If he, he makes a couple guys miss, he's got the top end speed that maybe Craig doesn't have. But yeah. I know, and we saw it last year in, in Hard Knocks, Deuce Staley was pounding the table for Craig because that guy can block. And yeah. that is going to come up time and time again that you got to be able to pass protect, especially as a third down back or receiving back like that. Craig's been good. He's back. He's healthy. He's got some some kick return potential. He did it a couple times. 
I, I think he's got the inside track right now. But Jamar Jefferson, another draft pick yeah. that, you know, maybe Brad Holmes is looking to see something out of. And to me, the difference there, too, is in the passing game a little bit, too. I think Craig has shown um, over the last couple of years that he can be a weapon in the pass game, that he can be reliable there catching the ball, not yeah. just um, the protection part of it. I think that's something where uh, Jamar is maybe a little a step behind i think he's shown improvements in that area and they've tried to get him involved in there yeah. but when you talk about um you know a, a third back if you've got some injuries you want a guy that you can trust in pass protections that you can throw the football to look craig's had a hundred yard game in in this league yeah. so I, I just think it'll be hard for jamar but but i think you're right i think there's maybe a little bit more upside. Is that fair to say yeah. with Jamar? There's maybe a little bit more higher end talent skill set overall with Jamar. But in the end with your third back, don't you just want a guy that you know you can trust to protect your quarterback and, and catch a pass out of the backfield and move along and have a hundred yard game if needs to grind it out. That to me is, is, is Greg Reynolds. And I think when, when you're looking at, like I said, with Jermaine Fetty, veteran Benny Snell's looked pretty good since yeah. since showing up, and he's the, the leading rusher through two preseason mm-hmm. games right now. But that's a guy that you know has played in a lot of games. Good goal line back, thumper can get in there, replace maybe if you if you need the Jamal Williams role, one yeah. yard touchdowns. Benny Snell can can get you that. So I think that's that's another guy that maybe you can't rule out before this third game. Are we both pretty sure on Kabinda being yeah. the fullback? I think this is one of the few franchises that still values Definitely. that position. He can also play some tight end for you, and he's a core special teamer. I put him in, and so I think you're going to keep four backs, at least on the initial 53, the way the roster is shaping out some other spots and some tough, some tough decisions at other spots. So um, to me, it's like kind of one spot. So again, for guys like Jamar and Greg and, and Snell, it'll be interesting. Um against Carolina yeah. to see who steps up and, and who kind of takes the reins of that, sure. of that of that job. You know, another interesting one will be the kick return um, position. Uh, you know, we all thought it was Justin Jackson's for a second consecutive year. And then a little bit surprisingly. We thought RB3 just, was Justin Jackson yeah, for a second Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then, you know, retired um, mid-camp. And so they're putting a lot of different guys back there. We saw in the scrimmage this week with Anton Green and we've seen um, with, with – uh, Craig Reynolds and we've seen lots of different guys back there. Um, I would expect maybe Drummond and and, and Coda to, to maybe see. Coda that, had a nice punt return. Yep. To see that back there and see if they can do the kick return part of it. Um, so that'll be another interesting one to watch in Carolina Friday night to see who they put back there and if anyone can maybe sway Dave Fipp, the special teams quarterback, one way or the other. Yeah, and I think Starling Thomas was very good, at, at least in in week two for me. He had the the long of thirty seven that he broke a couple tackles, made a couple guys miss for yep. a, a cornerback, not even an offensive player. And mm-hmm. He's been he's been great in camp, and I I think has a, a very good shot at at yeah. becoming that fourth outside cornerback right now. And I think he he's shown potential. Maurice Alexander, as I said before, was a USFL all pro kick returner you know he can do it you know he can do it in the punt game that gives you more versatility in the event of a Khalif Raymond Mm -hmm. injury too there are you know kick return is 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 a good spot to get the ball in somebody's hands I'll say this just talking about this and thinking about the 53-man roster it this is certainly going to be the the toughest few days that Holmes and Campbell have had. I think this oh, roster absolutely. is to a point now where you're going to see some guys cut from this football team that are going to go 
to other football teams and and be pretty good players and contribute to those. And and that's the problem that you want to have. And it's good that we're at that spot in the roster. Is there anything else that maybe jumps out? Anything that you'll be kind of eyeing on on Friday night as we sit up in the press box and watch third preseason game? I think safety is kind of interesting. Yeah. Just the way it's kind of developed throughout camp because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is now back to playing safety, which was not the plan until Brian Branch shows so up good. and starts blowing I tell you guys, everybody Brian, up. Wait till you watch Brian Branch consistently. That kid is going to be a player. And so you you're now have three starting safeties. Yeah. And where, like, when you're shaking out the defensive backfield, uh-huh. do you really, because you have Will Harris, who can play safety in a pinch. You have Brian Branch, who can, can play, play safety. safety in a pinch. Is there a safety for? Would you rather keep another cornerback? That spot to me is really interesting. Fatu Malfano, I think that'll be the interesting one to me when you talk about safety. You know, obviously what he does on special teams and and just... He was, I mean, he's the lead gunner right now at full What he does on on special teams and the mismatches he provides, the size, I, I don't think he's a player that you want to you know, give up on already. But look, the best availability is availability, yeah. right? He's missed 17 games the last two years. He's injured um, right now. We'll see if he plays um, Friday night. But that, to me, will be an interesting call. And the other one, to me, uh, will be this defensive line has so much depth now. The most depth that they've had in the Brad Holmes era. Yeah. Is there enough roster spots for six, seven edge guys. Where does Julian Aquara kind of fit into the mix there? I think that'll be an interesting one to watch too. Can he have a big night? Obviously had the big game against the Giants, not so much against Jacksonville. Can he have another one and maybe sway a decision one way or the other? That How they shake up on the defensive line will be interesting to me too. And, and on the interior defensive line, I think you're looking at Levi again, who was great against yeah. The, in the first preseason game against the Giants and then was not as great against the Jaguars. But the fact that he's even healthy and is showing the flashes, I think yeah. obviously is wildly improved yeah. from the last two years. But what can he show in, in a third straight week now? So there's a lot to watch Friday night in Carolina. A lot of bubble roster jobs on the line, some starting spots for some reserve spots, um, some different guys in different packages, how they fit. Uh, it'll be fun Friday night, and then it'll be obviously you know some tough decisions to be made the following days before Tuesday's deadline. We'll break it all down next week uh, on, on, on the initial 53, and then we'll start to get ready for Kansas City. He's coming already. <laughs> which will be fun, too. He's PJ Clark. I'm Tim Twentyman. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. We'll be back with you next week.